Welcome to My Autism Tribe, a community of advocates that are linked by autism but bound by strength. This is a time to find our sounding board and shoulders that help us carry life's load without the fear of criticism. We give and receive. We nurture and empower. I'm your host, Susan Scott. This month is Autism Awareness Month, and if you ask any autism advocate what this means, they will very quickly remind you that advocacy takes place every day, every month, not just the month of April. Family members, friends, professionals, educators, and autistic adults and youth want to make their voices stronger. We want to promote a culture of inclusion and respect, improve community resources, and we want to make sure that all receive an equal opportunity in school and at work. This isn't an easy task, and it takes more than one individual and more than one organization. It takes us all. On today's episode, we're speaking with Megan Carranza, who is a mother, podcast host, and autism advocate. After Megan's oldest child, Logan, was diagnosed with autism in March of 2017, she became a mom on a mission to spread the message of awareness, acceptance, and inclusion. Megan, just like many of us, saw a need for more support within the autism community and launched her own podcast, Adventures in Autism. The purpose of the podcast is to create a safe and supportive space for families and individuals affected by autism to come together and share their journeys. Since this is also a similar mission of My Autism Tribe, we thought it would be a perfect fit for a conversation. Hey, Megan. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, Susan. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I when I originally reached out to you, I was, because I'm a fan of your podcast, um, Adventures Aww, in Autism. You. It's thank always, you. you're welcome. You have such a fun personality. And Aww, I just, so <laughs> you, when I, and so when I reached out, I'm like, hey, you want to do like this cross thing, like with our podcast, but we're both podcasts. And I thought it was so funny because you said, well, what should we talk about? Because I'm chatty. I know I was like shut up she's my girl she is my girl that's why I have a podcast yeah you're like let's pick a topic I'm like I will try to stay on topic but I I just like my I open my mouth and the words just come out I don't even know what I say half the time (laughs) it's the truth well I think we just have so much that we want to say you know and it's just Mm -hmm. and then we have limited time so we just try to get as much in as we can um, yes. <laughs> I, w- I just love your story. I know that, you know, you have Logan, who mm-hmm. is the light of your life, and then you have he other is. children as well. So why don't you yeah. tell everyone a little bit about just yourself and your kids? Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So my name is Megan and I have a podcast, Adventures in Autism, which was inspired by my son, Logan. So he is, he's six years old. He was diagnosed with autism a little over two years ago, right when he turned four. And then I also have a three-year-old daughter named Liliana, who I was telling you before we started is Mm -hmm. a real firecracker. Um, (laughs) and then I have a little, a little one, Layla, she is almost one. Um, and she is just like the sweetest little angel baby. Uh, and then I married my husband, Manny we've been married for seven years and yeah we're just like one big happy family (laughs) and you guys live in Illinois correct yeah we live um like in the suburbs of Chicago so we're pretty lucky here um especially since talking to so many people on my podcast just in different parts of the country there is such a lack of resources and Mm -hmm. services it seems for kids in the spectrum so I have to say, like, since Logan was diagnosed, 
we have really been in a good position to get him the services that he needs. And I mean, it's still a process. Everything takes forever. And that, yeah. So that's kind of, kind of frustrating at times, but we, like I said, I, I feel really lucky even more so now because I know that it's not like that everywhere. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, it's funny that you say you're in Illinois and I used to live in Illinois and actually that's where Alex received his diagnosis was actually at the, um, children's medical advocate center in Chicago. And, um, yeah. And so we were living about two and a half hours South of Chicago and, um, you know, that whole process of getting the diagnosis was a little frustrating. I knew in my heart of hearts that something was wrong and I thought autism mm-hmm. may have been it, but you know, there's even a waiting list to get the diagnosis and, um, oh, huge waiting list. Yeah. yeah and it's, and so mm-hmm. that's frustrating when you know that there's something wrong. Um, and so, yeah, after we got the diagnosis now the city that we were living in two and a half hours out, we found that Chicago was really kind of autism aware and had a lot of coverage mm-hmm. where we were living at the time did not. And so after we got the diagnosis, it's like, okay, check. We've got the piece of paper. We're ready to go. Now we need to find the services. And the services were so hard to find. Oh, that's so frustrating. And, and I think that's it a, a, a lot mm-hmm. of times across the board, you know, um, mm-hmm. in so many, in so many places, but you're right. There are some States that, you know, as far as insurance goes and waiting lists, it's just really mm-hmm. frustrating. So yeah. We're, oh yeah, totally. Yeah, we, um, so we're just like maybe 45 minutes outside the city. So we're pretty close. And I think probably, I mean, I'm generalizing, but I would imagine like any, you know, bigger metropolitan area would have more resources. But yeah, when, when you're outside of, you know, where the, the resources are, that's got to be really tough. Mm-hmm. And I know I was talking to somebody recently who, um, they live in like a rural community and even just for like, like we have Logan this year starting on a, a special needs T-ball team, oh, which fun. we're so excited about. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> The first game is in a couple weeks and we are just like over the moon. We can't wait. And she was saying how, you know, for them, like they, they really don't have any resources as far as, you know, all, all the sports are for, you know, typical children. So mm-hmm. it's like when you are, are looking for, activities for your child in the spectrum that can be really difficult even not even just services but it's just like having the resources for recreational type things too it's it's such a uh, it's such a shame that it's not like that everywhere but Mm -hmm. hopefully it will get better and better the more we raise awareness and keep advocating for our kids yeah absolutely because the numbers are increasing as far as you know the numbers of diagnosis I had a, a guest on recently her name's Kelsey Brown, and she um, she is in college still studying speech pathology. But what's interesting is that after she graduates, she not only wants to be a speech pathologist, but she wants to do access consulting. And mm-hmm. so I wasn't familiar with what that was. And so, so what's so funny? Yeah. So Kelsey, uh, Kelsey and I are actually recording for my podcast. <gasps> oh, <laughs> she weeks. is wonderful. There, she yeah, she is great. She had reached out to me. Um, a couple months back and I was like, I'm really crazy right now, but I want to have you on. But the funny thing about her is, so she interns for another podcast called Access Champions. Access Champions. That, yeah. So I was actually a guest on Access Champions, um, a couple months back and I felt the same way that you did. I didn't even realize that like accessibility was a field in itself. Right. I just thought that this was like something that 
you know, if you went to like a theater or the park district, like they had, you know, options for, for people who, you know, had autism or any other kind of disability. I yeah. didn't realize this was like a whole field of work and, and their host, Phil, who I was connected with, like through my brother, he listening to their podcast, I really got like an education on what it means to make things accessible and inclusive for all because it, it really is, there's mm. so much that goes into it that oh, yeah. you wouldn't realize. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I was, sure. she educated me definitely. And I'm like, my gosh, that's the beauty though of these podcasts. It's like mm-hmm. you just were thrown into this world and I have met so many incredible, amazing people And they, it's like, we're all educating each other, not only just on personal experiences, but also the people that are in these direct lines of work that are working, that are being, that that's an army for our children, you know, fighting for them. It's so cool. It's amazing. I've said this before, but I, I never realized like how small the world was until I started the podcast. Yes. There's so many people who. I have connected with and then it makes another connection and it's like people that you know in other countries that are listening to like it's 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 amazing like who you can reach and I mean I know for me like when I first started like I was like I hope that anybody listens to my podcast (laughs) I really didn't know if anybody would and I I had a guest on this was maybe like a couple months ago but her episode aired um and she's from Australia and she was actually the first listener ever that had reached out to me when I started the podcast I was recording episodes and uploading them onto like my the the distribution platform that I use but they weren't yet like really released they were kind of out there like floating but I wasn't like I wasn't sharing it I was kind of keeping it hush hush until like I had a few episodes and I was ready to get things going with it and so I had released a couple episodes and then one morning I I woke up and I had a voice message like on this app because I didn't even have our email set up I had nothing set up it was a voice message from this woman in Australia telling me how much she was enjoying the podcast and how it had been so helpful for her and it was like I, I I mean, you could have knocked me over with a feather. I was like, somebody is listening to my podcast and they're in Australia. Like I couldn't even get over it. Like I like the fact that anyone is listening to my podcast is like incredible, but they're in Australia. It's just, it's so crazy. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, it is cool. It is. It's a very, very small world, literally, and Uh especially in this world. And people just love to talk. And um, I, I know one of my friends, uh, she said when I t- was kind of batting around this idea, like, oh, I don't know, should I do this? I really want to, you know, she said, well, mm-hmm. do you have enough content like to really keep it going? And I'm like, oh, oh girlfriend, <laughs> oh, girlfriend, I could have an episode every single day, you yeah, know? It's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's like you and I were talking about beforehand. I am at the point now where it's like, I have, I have so many episodes. I don't know what to do with them. Like they're just like waiting to be released. There's, there's yeah. so much to be said about autism and everyone who you know has a child with autism has a brother or sister with autism is on the spectrum themselves everyone has a story and those stories are all so different yes so having having everyone that can share their story and even if they are different there's there's little pieces of each of them that we can all relate to and I think that that is like such a powerful thing when you know you know, okay, I'm not the only one who has experienced this. I'm not the only one who's dealing with these things. Cause you know, yeah. this can be very isolating oh, when you're surrounded sure. with, yeah. When you're, sur- I, I really had 
nobody in my life who had a child on the spectrum. I knew a couple I didn't people either. like personally. Yeah. yeah. I had a couple people that I had known, like it, you know, a Facebook kind of acquaintance type of thing, but nothing mm-hmm. that no one that I could really talk to and relate to that would really understand the things that I was dealing with because autism, like, I mean, it is a beast. <laughs> yeah. So much, there is yeah. so much that goes into it. And having, having friends and family who are like understanding and compassionate and caring is so important, but having people that have like been there in the trenches with you, absolutely, it's just, it's so valuable. It so is. And you know, just our lives change constantly. And so I'm a a group of uh, autism moms here locally. And we, you know, I always kind of laugh like once in a blue moon and when the stars align, we get together and (laughs) it's so just refreshing. And I leave there so fulfilled, just being Mm -hmm. able to just sit in the same room and just be around people that I know I can say anything and they will completely get me. And I kind of feel like that's the whole podcast community too. And I'm glad that podcasts just in and of itself, my mom was like, Hmm. I know she's listening right now. So, so, but she's like, well, what is exactly a podcast? You know? So, but even my mom now is listening to podcasts. So I think it's great. It's a, it's a whole, yeah, it's a great platform, you know? It really is. Well, and I, and I had said too, like when I first started my show, um, there were other podcasts that were out there, but there weren't any that were just like, like, you yeah, know, people having real conversations. And that was what I really wanted to hear. I wanted to hear, you know, not something like you and I were saying this before, too, that, you know, was like super edited or like came off like super polished. Like I wanted those real raw emotions that yeah. come out in those conversations because that was what I was looking for. And I, I at the time I couldn't find it. And yeah. it's interesting, too, because like I know a lot of people that you know, they have blogs and I enjoy reading blogs, but I do think there is such a, a powerful experience listening to someone in their, their own voice telling their Mm -hmm. own story. And I think that's like what makes podcasting so unique because it it really, it just like adds a different kind of layer to, to hearing someone's story as opposed to just like reading it, you know, on paper on the computer. Yeah. There's so much emotion and inflection in voices and Mm -hmm. it's just really, really powerful. Um, I was the same way. I just, I want, I told a lot of the people that I, you know, before I started the podcast, I just wanted to feel like I was sitting down with a friend over a cup of coffee and, um, and that's really what it's turned into. I think the, you know, our whole goal is to make our voices stronger and a part of it too, I always tell people, I want my son to be proud of me. And they're like, Oh, Susan, don't, don't worry about about that. And I'm like, no, I think it's important that he sees because so much of our behavior, our kids absorb, you know, right. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so if he is seeing that I am fighting for him, that I am being an advocate for him, then maybe he will be a stronger advocate for himself. Mm -hmm. And And it's not anything, you know, I've not whispered the word autism around, you know, him before. Now, does your son, does he know that you have a podcast? Does, like, what is... So, Logan, I mean, he definitely, you know, it's difficult with him because he is Uh nonverbal. So, he is not able to, especially with, like, expressive language. He does have some words, and it's his word list is growing all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, But he's not able to, like, have a conversation. So... 
it's it's hard sometimes to know what he knows. It's hard to know, sure. like really access everything with him. Um, I will say we are a very, I am a very <laughs> open person. We're an open family. We, mm-hmm. we talk about things all the time. He, he does therapy in our house six days a week. So it's like, nothing is like a secret with us. You know what I mean? Sure. So that's a really good question. Does he know that I have a podcast? I don't mm-hmm. really have an answer to that. Um, I feel exactly the same way that you do that. I just, I want to make him proud. He makes me so, so proud every day. And I am just so beyond blessed to be his mom. So I, I, I pray that he, that he does know that I have a podcast and it's for him because this, he's the reason why I do all of this. I know my, my three-year-old daughter, Mm -hmm. she definitely, I mean, she hears the word autism and she's very, very receptive and she's a very like I was saying she's a firecracker she's very smart she's very <laughs> well she's you know, gonna be so a great I. advocate for her brother she, is, she already is she already is honestly yeah. it's crazy even at three years old um so she knows that I have a podcast and we, we talk about it. I usually say like I have to do a phone call or something um but yeah. every now and then like she'll I'll, I'll play her like a little snippet of it and she's like mommy that's you she Aww. thinks it's like amazing um but that's actually, it's it's a really interesting dynamic between the two of them because even though she's only three and I don't think she, like, understands what autism is. She knows mm-hmm. the word. Um, she definitely knows that, like, Logan is her big brother, but she also treats him, like, a little bit differently than, than she would treat, you know, your average six-year-old. Sure. Because she sees him and she like, you know, if, if he if he wants something, she's the first person to be like, Mommy, Logan needs this or if he's upset, she's like, It's okay, buddy, don't worry. Aww. Like she's so nurturing and, and sweet with him, which is just like amazing. amazing and that's not see. necessarily anything that was taught. Like she is just no, gathering. That's totally this. just her her yeah. perception of things. I mean, I think she sees me do things because she does that with our, our little, our, her little sister too. Um, and it's adorable. It's so sweet. But <laughs> I think she like picks up on things that I'll, because my husband said the other day, he was like, he's like, the baby was about to fall. And she was like, be careful, honey. Which, <laughs> she, that has to be just like her repeating what I'm saying, which is so funny. Um, but yeah, she just, she's, I think that, and I've talked this far on my show, I think that when you have a sibling with mm-hmm. autism, you just are, like, brought up with this, like, empathy that is somehow just within you. Yeah. And a compassion that really can't be taught. It's something that, this is all she knows. Like, this is her, this has been her life. Logan was, you know, he's our first. So, since she's been a baby, she's she's had, had Logan as her big brother. Um, so mm-hmm. it's definitely, it's, it's an interesting dynamic between siblings, especially like special needs sibling and then typical sibling. Um, I love talking about that on my show too. I've had a couple siblings on and it's just like, love it. it's so incredible. And th- these, I, I just think it's like breeding good people. And I'm very, yes. very, as, as proud as I'm of Logan, I'm, I'm proud of Liliana too, because she is just like such a, a wonderful sister and advocate for her brother already at three. So we'll see what the future holds. (laughs) That I was going to ask about kind of the dynamic between the siblings Mm -hmm. and stuff. So how does Logan react to them? Does he know like, okay, these, these people have my back or what is their relationship? Yeah, I think he definitely does. Like I said, he's nonverbal, which is like, it's definitely our biggest struggle. 
Although at the same time, it's also like so normal for us because sure. that yeah. he's he's always been that way. So it's I feel like that's something that a lot of people like that like when I tell them like Logan's nonverbal and they're like, wait, he doesn't talk. And I'm like, no. <laughs> so it's, when you first hear that, it it seems so odd. Um, but he's also like the loudest person you'll ever meet. So nonverbal <laughs> does not mean quiet. I mean, just right, exactly. Um, yep. Not even a little bit. So I think. You know, what's interesting with, with like the sibling dynamic, he, he, when, when we had Liliana, he was, um, he had just turned three and he was definitely, it was before we had him diagnosed. He was in, he was in preschool. He was doing like speech and OT and mm-hmm. it, I would say it was a harder time for sure. Especially like right after we had her. Sure. I think, you know, just having a new baby in the house, like everything kind of shifts and some of his behaviors that things that like we were able to kind of like not, I want to say not notice, but it all of a sudden, like some of his behaviors seemed really different and seemed more concerning. And that was when we really oh. started to seek the diagnosis was actually, she was like a little baby. She was a couple months old when we were both like, okay, we, we need to, we yeah. need to go ahead and do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it was tough and it was, it was interesting because he, it was like, he didn't even notice Liliana like he he, oh, he noticed her because she was colicky and she screamed all the time so it was like he knew there was like a loud baby in the house but he did not pay any sort of attention to her and yeah. he was very much kind of within himself at that point uh-huh. and then more recently when we had Layla he has been in ABA therapy now for um like over a year and a half and mm-hmm. he has honestly just like blossomed like we have yeah. seen such amazing growth from him um. and with, with Layla, they've had like a completely different relationship. Like from the time that she was a little baby, like he wanted to hold her, he wanted to hold her hand. Yeah. So he just like showed us this completely different side to him where he was like really acting like the big brother and just kind of like stepped into that role in a way that he really hadn't with our older daughter. And then since then, as their relationship has grown, as they've gotten older, it's been really good for him because in some ways like like I was saying before she is like a little feisty a feisty little son of a gun and she kind of pushes him like out of his limits a little bit which I mean he needs that yeah he needs someone who's gonna say to him like okay come on we're gonna do this so we're gonna do that because he he really does well socially but he's not one to like initiate that kind of play um but he's really good at you know, he'll, he's a very go with the flow kind of kid, which I know is not super common with kids on the spectrum. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, if he's, if he's in that environment, like he's happy to, to play and be social, but he just like, he needs someone to give him that nudge. And mm-hmm. that's our, our, our daughter, Liliana. That's totally what she is for him. Oh, and that's a great point that you make, you know, pushing him out of his comfort zone. I was literally having that same conversation with someone the other day. And I think, you know, with our kiddos that are on the spectrum, you know, we walk a fine line, like not Uh sometimes not knowing exactly how hard to push them, you know. um, But I think like the more and more that you know, we get to know our children, of course, and they get to know us, um, uh-huh. that we know those limits. I know when Alex is just about on his breaking point of how far uh-huh. I should I should challenge him, but we don't grow, any of us. We, we don't Absolutely. grow unless we're challenged and we get out of yes. our comfort zone. So it's a lesson for us all, really. Yeah, totally. I was just talking about this. I was a guest on another podcast recently and I was kind of explaining just that the whole process like with therapy because we do ABA therapy with my son and 
even from the time when he was really little, we just started like early intervention therapy. Mm -hmm. They had explained to me like, you know, a a little bit of frustration is good because that's motivation. So it's like, you want to have that little fire in their belly. But like you said, it's like such a fine line between, you know, pushing them so they're motivated and they want to get something done or then, you know, pushing too far and it's a meltdown. And I, for a very long time was, so conservative with the way that I would push him because sure. I was always so concerned and Logan is not even really one to melt down but it's just like I you know that mama instinct in me mm-hmm. especially when he was little and first starting therapy it was so hard for me to see him get any kind of frustration I, yeah. I didn't want that at all and I remember his his therapist saying to me like you know you are his biggest supporter and that's great but like we we need to push him a little bit to get him to where he wants to be and it's taken me a long time to to get to the point where I I can see him get frustrated now and it's okay and like you said I kind of know okay like now we're we're reaching our limit Mm -hmm. whereas before it was like if I felt any pushback from him I'm like okay okay we're done you know yeah so you do you have to find that that happy medium for sure Alex is the same way, and he has always been, it's just in his nature that he is extremely sensitive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, and he gets that, you know, from both his, his father and myself. We're both sensitive mm-hmm. people. But with that, he, he gets so frustrated if he can't do something the first time, you mm-hmm. know, um, he's a people pleaser and this will probably okay. carry on through his entire life. Yeah. And, um, it's, it's a blessing and a curse. I was just going to say, I'm sure that in some ways it serves him well, sure. but then in others it, it, it it's hard. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I I am just like you. I started off really conservative, but then someone said, "You know what? You could possibly be enabling him." And yeah. uh so I was like, "Oh gosh, that's a hard pill to swallow." You know, I never want <laughs> to enable him. And so, you know, it's just like a different mindset, and it's something okay. that I've just grown to learn that I'm constantly having to shift my mindset depending on oh, yeah. what kind of different challenge or obstacle that's in front of us, both him, both with him and what obstacles and challenges that I'm having as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, completely. Because like you said, when, when you're first starting out and you're just kind of trying to figure out your footing with everything, and like you said, you, you absolutely don't want to enable your child. But I know like, at least for me, there was a time more so like when Logan before he was diagnosed and we weren't necessarily sure what we were dealing with, where mm-hmm you know, you, you do start to blame yourself and you're oh, like, yeah. what could I have done differently? What did I do to cause this? Yeah. Where did I go wrong? Like those kind of feelings, which are completely unfounded and ridiculous. And if right. anyone feels that way, they shouldn't. But I know as a parent, you, you do, you feel that way sometimes. And especially with that whole enabling thing, like mm-hmm. then you think, oh my gosh, like I, cause that was how I felt too. When the therapist had said to me, like, you're, they were like, you're so good at anticipating his needs that he is not he's not having to speak up for himself because you're just doing it for him, which like, you know, to me, I thought I'm just being a good mom. Right. It's like the, what, what I felt was a good mom was actually not helping my son. It was not serving him. So Mm -hmm. it's like you do, there's so many lessons to be learned in this journey and you have to shift your mindset in so many ways that, and I'm still doing that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But it's, it's so interesting because it is sometimes like when you get out of your comfort zone, like you said, that you really start to, to see that growth. Yeah. And going back to a point that you made earlier is, you know, it's, it's so funny. We all have very different stories 
but Mm -hmm. there are so many similarities between our stories. And I think that's Mm -hmm. what's just so amazing about this podcast platform is Mm -hmm. it allows us to step inside um, a person's life and just kind of be able to bond with them in a way that, you know, even though our journeys may be different, our passion for the our loved ones and the kiddos on the spectrum and stuff, it's all the same, you know, yes. and the end goal mm-hmm. is to, to make them happy and mm-hmm. um, reach their full potential. So, yes, um, that is a perfect way to say it for sure. Yeah, I'm in getting to meet people like you. It's been such a pleasure getting to know you and of course your, your little ones. And we all kind Aww. of become a family really. Oh, likewise. Absolutely the same. I, I totally agree. I think that when you connect with people like in this community, in the autism community, and you have that just like understanding with yes. each other, th- there are so many people who, you know, past guests on my show or just listeners, people that I've connected about Instagram that like, I, I have a genuine, like, love for these people oh yeah you really you care about them in in such a way it's so funny when when I talk to there's but a few people on my my show that I have like followed for a while and then it's like to actually get to talk to them I'm like I feel like I already know you like I see all this (laughs) stuff going on but it it is such like um like you said it's such an amazing platform and it's such a, a, a beautiful way to connect with people that you really wouldn't have otherwise, you know? No, I, it's so amazing. And mm-hmm. we all give each other virtual high fives all the time, yes. you know? Yeah, and I always say, like, when one wins, I think we all win. Because when oh, I hear, yeah. like, that positive story from someone in the autism community, even if it's, like, you know, a, a rarity and it's, like, a miracle story, or if it's, like, a little tiny thing, it doesn't matter. I, I'm so happy and it just makes me feel like, okay, that kid's doing good, that kid's doing good, my kid's gonna do good too. You know, like, you just, you see all this and it just, like, it, it builds you up. That's how I feel. Yep, especially if you're having a rough day, you know? Yes. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, there it is. There's that silver lining in the cloud and, yes. you know, mm-hmm. and it makes it all worth it. Well, Megan, I just appreciate you so much, and I think you're an amazing Aww. mom and just such a cool friend, and I feel like you're part of my tribe now. So, Oh, my gosh, yes. I'm honored to be part of your tribe, and I feel ditto. feel the same way about you. Oh, cool. <laughs> well, let's definitely keep in touch and watch our little yeah. our babies grow. You need grow. to come on my podcast now. I need to have you as a guest. Yes, I would love that. We're well, going to make that happen. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Will you take care? We'll talk soon. Thanks, Susan. Okay. Take care. The My Autism Tribe podcast was started with the simple mission of making one voice stronger. And it has very quickly grown to not only a podcast, but a nonprofit 501c3 organization. To say that we're excited about the growth would be an understatement. Our voices are getting stronger, and with a continued push from all autism advocates, we will make an impact. Thanks so much for joining My Autism Tribe this month and always.